Hello and good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the First Pioneers Podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format, and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I'm your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here by my co-host, and welcoming back one of our favorite guests. Hello, everybody. I am Ryan. I am the uh, Japan hobbyist out of the uh, Tokyo area of Japan, and special guest? It's uh, your go-to MTGO grinder, Harry13. Welcome back. Yes, we had you on pretty recently. We had to uh, get you right back because we had some crazy news this week. Yeah. You want to spoil the surprise for anyone who hasn't been paying attention? Me or him? <laughs> okay, go for it. <laughs> yes. So we were, we, were, we, intend, we intended to record uh, an episode about something else, uh, maybe this week or next, and then all of a sudden, boom, Wizards goes, oh, by the way, everyone, Lurus the Dream Den is banned in Pioneer. And I was like, What? insane insane yep. um yes. yeah, yeah. what do you guys think about that <laughs> i mean i big deal really big deal yeah i'd like i'd like you guys to go first i'd like to hear your responses because you know i'm like i said i'm always the timmy i'm more thinking about this from a fun perspective you guys are thinking of it thinking of it more from like the competitive perspective especially as mtgo players so what do you guys think um kind of reminds me when they banned uro where like Uro was obviously, like, too good for Magic the Gathering, but, like, in Pioneer specifically, I felt like it wasn't, like, it was obviously going to be a matter of time, right, before it, like, was played in, like, one deck and it was clearly the best deck, etc., and it warped the format, blah, 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 but, like, I felt like overall Pioneer was still, like, reasonably fine and diverse at that point, but, and then they decided to ban Uro as a byproduct of banning it in other uh, other formats, um, which I was kind of a bit disappointed about and Lurus banning Lurus kind of gives me like similar vibes in Pioneer honestly like um, the format was shaping up quite nicely and I feel like I just want to see like I, I feel like they're like nodding to Pioneer but are they really paying attention to Pioneer because like nah. I, f- I feel like they're not really doing anything to like you know, they're not considering, like, unbanning anything. Like, there's no, you know, they're not, like, trying things out anymore. They're just like, oh, this card's really powerful. It's probably buying it in Pioneer because why not, eh? And, yeah, overall, I'm a bit... I'm happy, I'm excited to, like, experiment, see where the format goes. But I'm also kind of like, can you give us something back? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like we're losing a lot of stuff and not gaining anything. So, yeah, and also, mm-hmm. like... The thing that I don't understand, right? The companion mechanic, they already errated it. So they were already willing to, like, make things... Like, that. it doesn't say on the card, like, you have to pay three mana, right? So why not just, like, yeah. ban the companion mechanic on Lurus, but keep the card? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. W- there's we could, you could easily, like, just say, okay, you can no longer play it as a companion, but you still play it, because it's still a good card, right? Mm. And... That would have been nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's... It would be pretty straightforward, in my opinion, for them to do it. Um, I think, like, ideally, I would have ra- I'd rather they just ban the companion mechanic, but not ban the cards mm-hmm. at that point. Um, but yeah, mix mixed emotions. To be honest, like, I I tend to not play Lurus decks, and I tend to not enjoy playing against them for the most part in certain situations. But I understand they have their place in the format, and they they weren't like overpowered or anything. Mm-hmm. So. Like the best, the best decks in the format were like until very recently, like decks that didn't play companions. So that kind of shows, like, yeah, 
they, they, they could still have their place in the format. Um, but what about you? Yeah, so let me jump in here with my uh, my initial reactions. So I, you, you had said it reminded you of when Uro got banned. For me, it actually kind of reminded me of when the companion change happened. You know, pre-companion change, Pioneer was actually in a pretty good spot. Like most, most other formats were being just overrun. Um, Pioneer definitely had companions in way too many decks. But it's not like the format was unbalanced because of them. There was a there was a balanced companion format, um, so it was a shakeup. But it wasn't necessarily like it wasn't a needed shakeup. I, I do so that that was one of the first points you had made. Um, you'd also said you know like decks getting something back. Uh, do got a shout out. You know like this is another card that was really important in the main deck of the Kethis combo and is now gone. Uh, so somehow Kethis is still banned even though it's lost like three of its best cards. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how that one works. Um, yeah, so you were starting to say about what the format looked like before this uh, this ban, this big change. So, like, here's a way that I kind of want to phrase this is if we had brought you on for a, like, hey, you know, they're announcing a, a ban and uh, a BNR next week. You know, if we had said this last week and we said, hey, they're announcing a BNR next week, what do you think is going to be on that? What kind of things would you have been talking about? We'd have probably been talking about very different things than Luris. We'd have mm-hmm. been talking about... You know, the Delve spells, we've been talking about maybe something out of Ascendancy. We've been talking about Winota. I don't think that Luris really would have crossed into that conversation at all, would it? Um, I don't think it, I don't think it necessarily would not have. Like, I do think, I do think companions are, were, uh, an insane design mistake by Wizards. Um, mm-hmm. and hearing all the talk about banning companions and stuff in Modern, and I was thinking, like, I think Luris is, you know, it gives aggro deck something it normally shouldn't have access to, like a, basically a, an engine for the mid to late game. Um, but like, yeah, I would say like it would have been on my mind, but I don't think it would have been like enemy number one. Um, but that, but the thing thing about it is like I didn't, I didn't really feel like Pioneer needed any changes because the new set was just out. We were developing new strategies. I think the best deck in the format at the moment was a Lurus deck, but it wasn't like egregiously powerful. Like it was just like maybe slightly doing slightly better than other decks, referring to the red black anvil deck. Which deck were you referring to? Oh, the, the black anvil deck. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like that was putting up reasonable numbers. Um, but other decks were developing, like blue white controls were beginning to like look like a real deck again, and there was still a lot of decks like doing reasonably well in the format. So I feel like. This was, yeah, a bit of a shake-up. And it's a bit of a headache for me. I'm uh, uh, coaching someone for, like, the SCG Dallas, who's playing Pioneer. Indianapolis? Or, oh, okay. oh, I think Dallas. it's Dallas. It's next, not this weekend, but next. But, like, now I'm, like, having to think, like, what what can this, what can what can they play? Like, I don't really, I honestly, like, it's quite hard to work out where the format's going at this point. But there are some interesting things developing, so, Yeah. Hey, you got a quick uh, meta call for him, Ryan? What would you say if you're medical? coaching someone to go to Dallas right now? Um, I mean, it really depends on their play style because, I mean, I think there's safe bets like Lotus Field or something like that or um, Grease, Grease Fang maybe answer, as well probably. just because everyone might be playing less uh, Graveyard Hate without Luris around. So, I don't know. It's a tough call. It's a tough I, call. I play fun decks. Yeah. I think, I think, <laughs> I think Phoenix would be... A, like I need to, I need to discuss with them because uh, I'm supposed to be having a session on Friday. Mm-hmm. I need to kind of come up with my thoughts. Were 
initially it was ascendancy, but like the issue is like I see a lot of people playing blue white control, and honestly, like that matchup is so one sided. It's so difficult for ascendancy to beat control, like really, really difficult. And I don't. I have seen a lot of hate for ascendancy recently. I agree on that. Yeah, and I think like if you're basically if it's twelve to fourteen percent the meta that. Uh, MTG Goldfish is saying, which isn't necessarily accurate because there's not been any major events. But, like, say it was, like, 12 to 14 cents, that's a big chunk of the metagame that you can't win against, basically, or mm. you're going to sh- really struggle and hope to get fortunate post-board. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe Phoenix is the way to go, but it all depends on, like, their card availability and what they can get as well. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. we need to really sit down and talk to them about that, because there's, there's a few decks we could potentially suggest to play going forward, but yeah. Wild we had a lot of budget moment. ideas. Yeah. All right, so let's go back to uh, Ryan's original uh, plan for this episode. So who are your, kind of the big winners and losers from this band? Just uh, well, thinking about well, it. Well, you don't want to hear my reaction. That's fine. Okay, we can move on. Oh, yeah. Let's hear your reaction. I, I, we, we skipped over that. Um, I made four decks of my gauntlet. Four out of six decks of my gauntlet were all Luris decks. So it hit Ooh. me pretty hard. I'm like, what the... Mm. Because I, I had made Insul, I had made uh, Auras, I had made Heroic, and uh, I had made the Anvil deck. And they all played uh, Lurus in the sideboard. So I'm like, well, guess it's back to the drawing board. i got to spend more money on you know a new deck. Uh, so it's kind of a big shock to me. Again, like you guys said, I didn't think it needed a banning. I think it was fine. But I can also understand that uh, Wizards wanted more, I guess, versatility in aggro. Even though one of the things that Luris has, um, how can I say, it? or one of the things that Luris does that past cards that got banned didn't do is it actually created versatility in the aggro strategy. You know, before when you had like a really good card, it would be only in that deck. You know, for example, like Splinter Twin, you know, people would always be playing like a, a blue, red, something version. Whereas Luris, like you have black, white, you have black, green, you have black, blue, you have all, whatever, whatever deck. Anything with white or, or green could play it, which was great. So rogues, auras, in soul, yeah, um, heroic, yeah. Anything with two drops, one drops, whatever you could play it. You know, any color, and that's something that's very different from other decks that you know or other cards that have been overpowered and kind of warped the format. But it was yeah. pu- putting a lot of pressure on on wizards to print one and two drops, and like you said before, they're they're kind of uh, scared to do that, Kevin. Yeah. But. So I, I think that's a great point, and that's kind of where I was going to go and agree with you, is that I feel like there's kind of one aggro deck left, and it's probably my least favorite aggro deck that's in the format, and that that's what's worrying. At least, like, certainly some of these decks will survive, and we're going to talk about how existing Luris decks might adapt, mm-hmm. but when I look at what the decks that I would call, you know, aggro, like really linear, quick, aggressive decks, mm-hmm. playing lots of creatures, all that's left really is Winota for me. You know, I'm not sure what else there really is. Mm-hmm. People are now doing humans, which I think is a perfectly reasonable mm-hmm. deck to be running. But um, the Winota deck is kind of, it's not something that, like, it's never been problematic, maybe, as far as win percentages. But if that's a deck that people are going to see, you know, once or twice every league they play, they're going to sit down against it twice at any big mm-hmm. tournament. Like, I don't love the luck in that deck. I don't love the minimal amount of choices you make in that deck. I think that that, as a major feature of the format, would not be as good as if we were seeing in Soul and Auras and you know a million other Luris aggressive mm-hmm. decks in that place instead. 
Yeah, I agree. Like, Winota is just... It's just kind of miserable to play against, right? Like, I just... Sometimes you play against it and you're just like... There's literally nothing that I could have done. Opponent made, like, really... Like, they had, like, one one linear plan and that was it. And it's just like... It's, it's just feel bad. It's, it's kind of it's almost splinter twinish where it feels like you know you have to be holding up an answer, an instant speed answer for Winota every turn, and if you're holding up an instant speed answer for Winota and they just you know drop a chariot, the game just ends. And what could you do? Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. So, and do you guys want to get into the winners and losers, or yeah, yeah, let's do it. I'm, I'm guessing Winota is one of the winners, right? Which is why you guys are talking about it. Um. Maybe to yeah. be determined. I think. Let's hear uh, Harry's thought on this. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not too sure. Like, maybe. Um, however, like I do think, like if if Blue White Control, like the way the current Blue White Control deck's configured in March of the Otherworldly Light, I feel like that can't be that good a matchup for Winota. Like it seems kind of tough, like to deal with like a bunch of um, bunch of Supreme Verdicts, and then then like. Settle Wreckage is probably going to get played in like one or two mm-hmm. copies in the 75. Like, plus, you've got like instant speed answers now that you didn't really have access to. Or, I don't know. Like, I don't know how Winota fares like over 10 matches against that. Um, I think like the winner for me that I'm starting to see pick up pace is like Mono Red Aggro with like hmm. um, playing like some lists are playing Obosh, some aren't, but they're playing that. Is it Kumino? Uh, the one mana... Kumino faces something. Yeah, playing that card with, obviously, the classic Monastery Swiss Spear, um, Soul Scar Mage package, and then, like, playing, like, Bone Crusher Giant or, like, uh, Goblin Chain Whirler, and then the non-Obosh lists are playing, like, Chandra, you know, mm-hmm. like, kind of going going on the aggro side of Big Red. Not quite Big Red, like, like four drops they kind of max. So, um, yeah, and it seems to be doing pretty well, like, I feel like that's one of the big winners. Um, that's probably yeah, it's not a return to glory bringer, but big red. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, that's one that was already finding reasons not to play Luris. I think for the same reason, we should probably see a little bit more of like mono black and maybe mm-hmm. vampires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Uh, but as far as a big winner, you know, maybe it's just because of things like Winota. You know, Winota has a very bad matchup against Phoenix traditionally. Like, that's always been a problem deck, a problem matchup for them. And they've made it a little better, but it's not something they're going to want to see a lot of. And hey, if Phoenix is now like, okay, I don't have to fight against a million little aggro lists, I can focus my sideboard on Winota mm-hmm. and on Control, and maybe even have a little bit of interaction for combo, I think they could be in a pretty good place. So that, that's where I was kind of saying, like, Phoenix seems like a big winner out of this just because of where the meta might shift. Yeah, yeah, I can get behind that. Like, I feel like um, Phoenix, Phoenix had problems against, like, you know, like, Boros aggro like heroic and stuff like that and auras was Mm -hmm. i imagine kind of difficult for them um but yeah now that like loris is out the package out the way yeah pave the way for phoenix to make a good return as always phoenix is very difficult to configure optimally like there's so many card choices you can put in the lists um it'll be interesting to see like what the kind of phoenix um tryhards like Andre Klepach, he plays Phoenix a lot. He has a lot of thoughts over the deck, and I'm sure he'll kind of come up with a very interesting list. And then you've got people like Gouldacat, who basically, I think Gouldacat only plays Phoenix and Pioneer, and has done for mm-hmm. months. And he's very good. He's a good, very good player in general. But 
he's very good with Phoenix, so it'll be interesting to see their takes on like how to build the deck for the new meta. But this, and, this could mm-hmm. so who. So, so who are the other big losers? You know, obviously anyone who's running Phoenix, but were there any other decks that, or sorry, anyone who's running Luris, but are there any other decks that really liked preying on Luris that are now uh, kind of going to be missing out? Um, I feel like there was that Angels list, right? That kind of like green-white Angels. Ooh. I'm not sure how that would face into like a meta game that's more mid-rangey, like mid-range control, like. I feel like that has an awful blue-white control matchup just because they have access to Field of Rune and Verdicts. Mm. Um, mm. I feel like there were a couple of mid-range decks that were running, like, curl, Culling Ritual, and that kind of got them back into the meta, and yeah. that's going to drop right off if there's nobody yeah. running Lurus decks. That as well. I, um, I'm not sure about, like... I don't know. Maybe John, John Food? I don't know. I don't know how, mm. how that would fare for John Food. I know that... Their matchup against Blue White Control can't be as good now because of March the Otherworldly Light and Farewell. Farewell's like an they can't answer Farewell basically. Like it's just an awful card to get played against you now. Um, hmm. So maybe I'd say like card, decks like Jund. Um, I I was gonna say I wonder if like uh, Spirits could actually see a, a comeback now. One of the reasons people I think weren't playing it um, was just that. Well, I I was gonna say because Luris was just so much better of a choice uh, to keep you know how can i say keep your deck going uh, to always have something to play whereas you know you're kind of uh how can i say uh you're uh jeez oh, i can't think of the word it's too early in the morning the spin the spin of the wheel you know with uh with collected company in uh yeah. like band band spirits or something you're always at the mercy there we go you're at the mercy of that hmm. and what what you're going to get so there's a little bit more consistency issues um, but I think, you know, it could see a comeback, uh, especially a uh, spell queller, I think is going to be a l- little bit stronger, uh, to stop, uh, stuff like Winoda and, uh, you know, it's done good in Japan recently. Uh, so I could see it, you know, you know, being good again. Yeah, potentially. And, um, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say the only issue that could potentially come up is if Phoenix gets more popular, like that matchup is pretty bad for spirits as well. Mm. Like. Phoenix has a very good matchup against Spirits, so mm-hmm. maybe maybe like that might thwart its comeback. But yeah, like at the moment, yeah, could see that happening. I would say Coco decks in general are, are probably the winners, just because uh, that's reasonable. You always want to have those three mana creatures with Coco to get your most mm-hmm. value out of it. So yeah. that was never great with Luris decks. I saw like you know I've seen people trying Luris Coco decks, and that was always wrong to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. like. Yeah, the average CMC is barely even worth the value of casting Click Company at that point. You guys were talking about, um, you said any deck with Luris was uh, going to be a loser, but are there any decks that are going to lose more? You know, where Luris was a bigger part of the, uh, how can I say, the uh, the strategy as opposed to just kind of being free in the sideboard. Like, I think Black Red Arcanist mm. is going to suffer the most. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Like, Black Red based decks where, like, you're, you really want to use that Luris engine. You have cards like Colligan's Command to bring it back, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again to make an, like, a two for one that makes another two for one. Like, almost like kind of Jund grind. Um, mm-hmm. I think those decks will suffer. Same with Red Black Anvil. Like, there's no mm-hmm. real reason to play Red Black over Jund now. Um, I. Yeah, 
definitely the grindier ones yeah so th- those ones i feel like those were the kind of decks that were frequently just like spending their turn three to call luris and were probably playing them like actually playing the luris in you know 75 80 percent of their games whereas the more aggressive decks the luris was just a backup plan like if you can do the aggro thing you're going to kill them you're never going to even look at luris but it's when you're slowed down and you need that extra little bit of oomph to get across the finish line that's when you'd go and call him so I, I do agree it's kind of the grindier yeah i agree so like decks like her red white heroic probably won't because feather of the redeemed is like a very good yeah. card in that deck um i yeah do we want to start going to that next topic is like if we're looking at mm-hmm. the specific luris yeah. decks in the format how could they adapt if they're going to survive so starting off with um, heroic, feather you, what were the you redeemed saying is that what's called feather of yeah the redeemed, the redeemed feather. yeah so like I mean that, yeah, that yeah, deck was played um, a reasonable amount um, before the companions came out, and um, that card is very powerful in that deck. And obviously, like I think overall, um, Luris is a better card to have access to than play four copies of that card, but probably not by like a massive margin, right? Like because like the upside with Feather is insane. Like mm. if it if it if it like if you untap with it, or if you be able to if you're able to cast it and cast a spell or two of the instant spells and just game so difficult to come back from that um so i think i definitely think boros heroic will um won't suffer too much and will just adapt and probably still you know be around that kind of tier two level i think tier 1.5 tier two um it, it's interesting. I think that the trade-off there is it's definitely a less explosive deck without Luris. you know when you're going for the feather you can have some games where you can just control the game by, you know, holding up God's Willing mm-hmm. and winning through that, holding up, you know, repeating draw spells, repeating removal spells, and accrue those incremental advantages, whereas the old version was kind yeah. of just go, go, yeah, go, I agree in your face, that. blow I agree you up. That. Yeah, so the, the game plan changes slightly, but I think in terms of power level, it's probably still similar. Um, I think... Um, hmm... I mean, like you were saying, Junt uh, will, will probably Anvil will probably become a Junt deck, I think. Yeah, I mean, Junt Food was still playing Anvil. Yeah. Maybe there's like a kind of more crossover where it's like mm-hmm. a bit more um, artifact centric. I don't know. Um, I feel like yeah, not having access to that Luris to make real use of the Colligan's commands and you know grind the late game is like a big issue for that deck mm. that it needs. Probably to jump into green to gain access to cards like Corvold or something like that, um, and that's also where it's a shame you mm-hmm. can't. Yeah, run the I agree. Like, I feel like I really wish they just like kept Luris as a creature, but like banned the mechanic companion. But as what, what is, what do you guys think of black white auras and in uh, soul? Will they be hit as hard? Yeah, I think those are both two important ones to talk about so black white auras you know it kind of had a mix of what i was saying so sometimes loris was really important in that deck because it's a a plus b deck where you yeah. need to have creatures and you need to have auras so if you're kept off of one or the other you'd be in a tough spot so being able to call Luris at any time always give you access to a creature usually give you access to something you know one of those two from your graveyard it was a big part of that deck i think it definitely can survive i actually wouldn't mind looking mm-hmm. back at green white um, the versions of auras prior to when uh, Gre- not Greasefang, uh, Lightpaws was released, they were sometimes eschewing Luris in order to play green-white because there were some really good three-mana 
green-white auras. Uh, so that's kind of where I would be looking is, you know, get into play some of those, like, unflinching courages, maybe look at... What about Kaya the Ghost form? Do you think people play that more now? Um, yeah. Uh, so that's the, the one-mana black one. I mean, me- medium... So it yeah. returns it to play Basically when it means dies it just, or is it rebuys the creature. It's very hard to get around it unless you kill the enchantment first. Um, I kind of I kind of agree with Kevin. I think like green white would probably be the favored colors at that point because you have more potent three mana enchantments in those mm-hmm. colors, I believe. Um, as far as like insole goes, like you can play the what's the three mana one three that makes an artifact of five five. Uh, from Dominaria. Uh, animator. What's it called? Yeah, skilled animator. I mean, you could go down skilled that animator. route. I remember Ensel was played before Lurus was yeah. a card. It was um, red, blue, blue, red Ensel. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe we maybe we see a return to that. Um, however, like there's a, a lot of the cards that were printed in white really give auras like, no, sorry, Ensel. The, you know, the push to being blue white. Um, I definitely think that that deck can survive, but how how mm-hmm. popular it's going to be, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think these decks immediately go from like tier one to tier one point five because mm-hmm. of this announcement. Unfortunately, um, I just don't think like you have yeah. as your your gameplay is going to be less consistent in a in a long like run. Um, not having that guaranteed access to like Luris bringing back it and so. Or, you know, Luris bringing back a creature or, uh, you know, a really key enchantment spell. Uh, yeah, I think I think the consistency issues will mean that these decks won't be played as much. Um, but who knows, like, we could be wrong. Like, I think, like, the meta does adapt and it will take a little while for the meta to adapt properly. Um, but yeah, I think those decks will still be around. But all the, um, like, in various different forms... So I guess cards like Skilled Animator, uh, Feather of the Redeem, and then yeah, some of the green enchantments will see a rise in play as a result. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's a good strategy to take an existing Luris deck and look at other three drops, or is it better to just kind of try to keep your curve low and see what you can do with that? Like as a general strategy, uh, what do you think? It's really hard to tell. Like most of these decks didn't really play many three drops, right? They probably played like three or four, like like one three drop and four copies. Um so I'd probably say like I wouldn't like mm-hmm. unless you're playing like mono red where you have access to Bone Crusher Giant, which is essentially a two mana spell and with a three mana creature attached to it. You probably don't want to increase your curve too much, but yeah, it gives you room to like you know, if you need something a bit more powerful to end the game at three mana, then by all means go for it. But we'll probably see like return to decks pre companion essentially with mm-hmm. Lures. Um, um No, I wanted to say that Ekros uh, made uh, a comment about that actually. He's like for uh, for the ban, he, he said that everybody should still keep their curve low. You know, even if you're not playing Lurus anymore. So kind of yeah, I, I agree with that. If you're if you if you want to play an aggro deck, yeah, don't like all of a sudden become this kind of aggro mid range deck for no reason mm-hmm. without without justification. Like, I think if you're mono red, then yeah, you can you know you can pivot between like mono red aggro and big red as I, how you see the meta. I wonder if we'll see some Embercleave decks again. 
could very well Ooh, or what was one. the what's the two mana enchantment where like if a one mana creature one power one toughness creature attacks it deals one damage to any target uh, cavalcade yeah oh my god i, I yeah. hate that card yeah see some torbrands I, I was gonna say what about like the uh the red white burn deck do you think that one has a way to live without it's just strictly washed right because like what do you add in in Luris's place you still you you still like you don't play any three mana creatures right or three mana spells so you're not just gonna put in an experimental like, frenzy or something like, yeah i agree deck's just like it just got nerfed and that I, deck wasn't even played with Lurus uh, the past few months um, so yeah we probably will see Burn come back for a while in that form in the Boros form um, I can't imagine it coming back I can imagine it come back but like maybe not anytime soon speaking of in, uh, Experimental Frenzy you know that and like you said also Chandra was showing up in that other mono red deck but I, I think it, it's going to put uh, more Oh, not put more importance, but it's going to be more important to have cards like the uh, light up the stage and stuff that'll give you some kind of card advantage. Um, we kind of saw, you know, the how would I say the, the the strategies, the red strategies, kind of go away from that recently. But I think we're going to see a return to like the Chandras and the light up the stages and maybe even yeah. frenzies in the future. Yeah, we're, I'm already. I, yeah, I I've already seen that in some leagues yeah. already. I've played against a couple of mono red decks playing light up the stages and like one or two Chandras. Um, yeah, the question is whether or mm-hmm. not you survive as a mid range deck. Like, if you can't win half your games as a pure aggro list, like just killing them before they can get their battle plan applied, then how often are you going to win by grinding them out when you don't even have Luris anymore? Yeah, which is one exactly. of the most free ways to do that. So, so you know, we talked mm-hmm. about Feather making a comeback. Um, probably in the, the heroic deck. And we also talked, you know, about how to build decks that had Lurus before without Lurus. But now, how about we just talk about three drops in general? Like, you know, what three drops will we see more of, you know, now that, you know, we don't have to focus on keeping our, our curve under two? Like, like you know, Ekros, like, don't go too high, but we can play a couple three drops now. Like, my example would be on crap Crasher, it was a good mono red strategy. We had a lot more evasion type cards, <laughs> just kind of get around blockers. We saw that in old, you know, mono red aggro decks. That would be like one of my choices. Yeah, like yeah, potentially. Like I also like I definitely think that like you know the, the two classics that we've seen before, like Goblin Chain Whirler and uh, mm-hmm. Bone Crusher Giant, will see play Scab Scab Clan Berserker will probably get played more now. Mm-hmm. Um. What about Goblin Rebel Master? Hmm. No? I don't know. Like, was, yeah. Only Winota. It's a relic of the past, probably. Uh, I don't know. Like Goblin Rebel Master was like an example of like power creep, right? Now mm-hmm. from M fifteen when I started, like I think that card was just like insanely good and like standard and definitely playable. It's definitely playable in uh in Pioneer as well. I don't think it's like I don't think it's a bad card particularly. I just don't mm-hmm. know if that's the top end. I feel like Rebel Master is one of the cards that best punishes people who are playing no removal, and I just can't yeah, think of any Pioneer deck that runs Lotus Field. Yeah, Lotus Field, I guess. Yeah, but I don't know if it's quick enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> It'd be a little slow for know. Lotus Field, even. Um, yeah. I really like Rebel Master and Legion Warboss, but I, oh, I just don't know. Mm. Um... Yeah, yeah, any other three drafts? I know. I mean, I know humans is playing a lot of three drafts, but they they yeah. 
initially had always been doing that. You know, you get your Kudros in there and you have the... Uh, well, so I was going to say um, Graveyard Cemetery Trespasser, or what is it called? Uh, yeah. Graveyard Trespasser. Yeah, I think that's one that, you know, if the yeah. black, red, mid-range decks survive, like they would yeah. have loved been playing that card, but never could because of Luris. Just, it's not as good as Luris, but I think that if we see that deck survive, a lot of Bone yeah. Crusher, a lot of... Uh, Trespassers yeah, are, are really good strong cards, card, especially if you think Phoenix is coming back as well. It's such a mm-hmm. nightmare to deal with. Like you just can't really interact with it favorably. You just like, mm, and then yes. like on top of the discard, like they, they're piling mm-hmm. on you. Like yes, yeah, Trespassers are real house. Um, yeah, it's it's not the matchup where you can lightning axe and three for one yourself. Exactly, exactly. Like <laughs> would... that's just disgusting. Then get go blind. Oh, uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so Brian, you said, you know, this frees up three drops, but the other thing I wanted to look at is, are there decks now that might be looking mm. for a different companion? Well, like you guys already talked about a little bit, like, you know, some people are going to Obosh Root. Yeah, Obosh um, is kind of... Yeah, I think Obosh is a great example Obosh of Obosh is probably the main one. There's not really any... I mean, you could technically play Gigantha and yeah, a red deck or a green deck, mm-hmm. but like, it's whatever, right? I think Obosh is... I mean, Yorian's probably going to see, continue something. to play in like what enigmatic incarnation and stuff like that, right? Well, I played. I know McWinsauce has been playing uh, fires, like Jeskai fires. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with like just all the new all the planeswalkers, and then like um, well, like you know the Emperor, um, mm-hmm. Narsets, and he was playing um, Raven's Warning with a kind of like and one copy of Wish, so a kind of like pseudo. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw. Um, I didn't. I saw the original tweet out from McMinn Sauce, and I saw um, Ireland go. Uh, Sam Bog play a league yeah, earlier. So like that's an interesting thing. Like, will we see fires make a strong return? Um, potentially. Um, now that you know, I feel like the Lurus decks went just slightly under it. Where now, like the the red decks are probably like a little bit higher in curve. So maybe that's just high enough for it to really kind of take advantage of. Uh, it's also quite, I think it's like reasonable against control as well. Like, um, you just have like so many powerful spells, and there's only so many spells you can counter for one slips through. And if they have a wish board, then obviously they, I played Moon Sauce in a league just there, and they, he wished into a Nezahal. And I was just like, hmm. cannot, I, I cannot interact hmm. with this magic card at all. <laughs> like, it's just game over. Hmm. Um,. So that's something to think about. Um, fires taking advantage of the slightly larger curves. Um, I've seen mono green. Mono green can make a return. Yeah. I think mono green has to be good against like these mono red mid range decks. Mm-hmm. Um, aggro mid range decks. Um, you definitely you have to be. Yeah. Play yeah. five six into their three. You three. definitely have to be more careful of uh, combat now. Um, before you could just attack with whatever you want and just get it back with Luris. But you definitely have to, you know, like creatures. And I was also going to say another winner from the Luris ban is removal because now stuff will stay dead. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah, you don't have to worry too much about stuff getting revived unless you're playing against Grease Fang and they play Sauron. Then mm-hmm. you're kind of sad. But like, um, yeah, a little bit. You, you know, that's the thing. Like with Enchantment Deck, it was like, oh, if they return that. Um, all the glitters. I'm dead. Please. Just, yeah, your you return. Know. Your return to nature is basically a wrath now. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. maybe, 
So maybe the incidental graveyard hate got a little bit worse because usually everything would have a little bit of graveyard interaction because even the aggro decks had Luris, but mm-hmm. now maybe that's not as true. So yeah. and that that actually kind of relates to my next question I wanted to ask. How are these aggro decks going to be changing their strategies? Not so much like playing three drops, but, you know, like how, like, f- for example, um, will Red or White Heroic play more combat tricks now? Uh, like I think I saw some people playing the uh, what is it? Uh, give the human plus one plus one in, uh, indestructible and give a non-human creature plus one plus one indestructible. Will we see you know more cards like that or more creatures with flash? Like how how are these aggro decks going to adapt to not having Luris? Probably yeah, like probably just finding more ways to gain like utility and card advantage slightly. Like we definitely see more like light up the stages and stuff and um. Yeah, like especially these like, you know, enchantment or combat trick based decks, they have to be more careful about, you know, they can't just slam their shram on turn two and not care anymore. Like they have to be mindful that, you know, they have to place more emphasis on each individual creature because they can't just guarantee a creature turn four turn with a turn three, um, call to hand. Um, mm-hmm. Honest answer, not entirely sure. I I'm not entirely sure. I can only speculate in that sense. Like, yeah, people will value and be more careful in combat with the creatures ever so slightly, but it, it really is going to be tough to see how things play out because I, I don't know, like, how good the aggro decks are now. It's really hard to evaluate how good they are. Yeah. Like, people are going to try all these, like, aggro decks, but, like, time will tell if they're actually worth playing or not. Um, yeah, and that's maybe, the thing that worries me is, bad. like, yeah. will Pioneer, like, Will aggro decks be invalid and then make the format a little bit more um, inbred, I'd say, maybe? Like, you know, people just constantly going bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, And that's the thing that potentially worries me about this ban. Um, hmm. Well, they can always unban it. I mean... (laughs) Doesn't sound like what they're likely to do, but that's an interesting thing to look out for from here on out. Do you yeah. guys think that people will be playing less uh, yard removal options yeah, now I, that Lurus is gone? I don't see it. Like you've got Esper Greasefang combo, and you've also got Phoenix. Like I think, like people are always gonna have like one to two, two like yeah. from one to three copies of some form of like graveyard or incidental graveyard hate um, in their deck, unless they're a deck that really just doesn't care. Um, and I know that seems some people that have like four pieces of graveyard hate in their yeah. sideboard, or four pieces of graveyard hate in their main board. But it's not like people were bringing in; they weren't bringing no, in no, rest no. in peace against Boros heroic or in soul. You gotcha. know, it was really yeah. it was already there for specific matchups, anyways. And I don't think. Agreed. Do you I don't think? think uh, oh, go ahead. No, no, on you go. I was gonna say we talked about how Arcanist is kind of gets bad from not having uh, Luris, but do you think disruption? Is going to be better now that you you know well, at least against like the uh, the more aggro type decks. Like, would do you want to play Thoughtseize more again? For example, like we said, uh, you know, vampires might be a winner from all this, uh, or mono black aggro maybe might be might be better with you know all those other uh, recursive threats like Scrapheap Scrounger or um, what's the other one, uh, Bloodsuck Champion. So, will disruption make a comeback? What do you guys think? It just depends how how the meta is, does shape up. Like, if I mean, I would never play any disruption into 
a mono red aggro deck. No, no, no. or no Luris. So, um, yeah, I could definitely see a spot where mono black aggro comes back. Like, if we need some sort of, like, aggro midrange plan that can, you know, disrupt, you know, the, the bigger decks, like the control decks game plans and get over the line. Um, it's, it's really hard to tell. Like, I feel like in theory, like, um, Disruption should get marginally marginally better now that you're less worried about stuff getting brought back from Luris or like, uh, yeah. But I would say I'd say theoretically it should if if decks have to get slightly bigger, then you're getting more value for your one mana disruption spells. Mm-hmm. So potentially, yeah. Potentially, yeah. Hmm. So, what do you think, if, Kevin? Any any uh, comment? I think it'll be interesting. You know, I'm just kind of wondering. Yeah, it's hard to say. You know, like decks that weren't competing before aren't likely to compete now. Like, I don't think anything new is going to show up too much into the format just because, like, the things that... If they were already bad against Phoenix or already bad against Minota or already bad against Control or already bad against Combo, none of those things change. So I don't feel like anything too much is going to come back that wasn't already in the format. Yeah, I think, like... As far as, like, new decks. The only thing that's going to change is, yeah, there will be, like, a new default aggro deck um i think that definitely changes but i don't think the rest of the format will be massively affected um or we won't see i mean yeah i can't really see any like brand new decks coming into the fray but yeah like we might see like decks moving from like tier 1.5 to tier 1 now or to tier 2 from tier 2 to tier 1.5 the issue with like the issue that vampire size is like its best matchups are all gone (laughs) So, like, I don't know where that stands unless, like... Oh, uh, it has a good <sighs> Phoenix matchup, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I could see it being a, a meta choice. Uh, Deafening Silence. Yeah. I mean, it could be reasonable. Like, I think, like, Vampires has always historically been, like, pretty good against these decks and then, like, slightly favored against control the only issue is like blue white has a new toy in march mm-hmm. that can answer like the creature lands a lot easier than it could before so um and the new the new white planeswalker is pretty punishing for them as well but yeah maybe see vampires maybe see vampires go from like tier That's 2 fair. to That's tier 1.5 and get played a bit more um but as i said like the main the main decks it preyed on are essentially no longer there so um time will tell um so- go ahead the, the, the thing I'm kind of like intrigued about the most that I might start putting more work into is to like figure it out like I don't know for it's I don't think it'll be on the same level but like I feel like we're at the very early stages of like the grease fang decks and I don't know mm-hmm. like how optimum they can get like they seem to be doing like reasonably well and some of the builds on paper just look horrendous and I feel like they need a lot. Like, I think the Esper deck has a lot of room. <laughs> I've seen someone play Jace Friends Prodigy today, and I was like, that's a good card to play in that deck. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. gives me, like, converter vibes. And I was like, make sure Sorin, like, your four mana Sorin, more relevant to have actual creature, like, mm-hmm. creatures to bring back other than Greasewang. Um, but there's just a lot of random stuff in the deck. Like, people are playing, like, three copies of Silence, and I'm just like, what? why though, like, I know hmm. you're trying to stop interaction, but like surely like your thought seasons and stuff can do that. Why are we playing yeah. silence? It's almost like 
because we can, and I, I don't really get it. I, I, I don't. I would play like zero copies. Like I think you can consider <laughs> yeah. maybe playing like one or two in the sideboard, but like you don't want it. You want to play like the main cards, the hand attack to push through the the combo for against decks that are very interactive against you. But like, yeah, like definitely think like there's potentially something there, like like a really something really powerful. And Did you? Uh... I was gonna say, did you see my uh, my brew uh, absent grease thing with um, death rate shaman? Yeah, I like the idea for the most part. I quite like. I just don't know if Abzan or Esper is the best way to go about it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, saw somebody play Mardu the other day as well. Yeah, <sighs> Mardu historically <laughs> has just not been very good in Pioneer. Like, yes, it has. The, the colors it doesn't are discard just... as well. <laughs> yeah, when, well, it's okay. When, I'm getting a trial. When is the set released? <laughs> No, is it April? Like early April, mid April, oh. like in a month, basically. Yeah, yeah I think like yeah, not not that the long. set could literally be nothing else in triomes, and I would be delighted. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> this is going to be this is with, <laughs> in it. my opinion, this is like I'm a huge, huge pioneer. But we can we can talk about that on our show, like yeah. <laughs> um, there's one more thing I wanted to ask you guys about. What does this Luris ban mean for the other archetypes? We talked, we focused a lot on the aggro today. What does this mean for control? What does this mean for combo? What does this mean for mid range, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Um, I think it gets yeah. better for decks like Lotus, right? Because on paper, mm-hmm. if aggro decks are theoretically worse now, then they're not going to be as heavily played. Meaning that Lotus has more free reign to do what it needs to do, but I don't know, like, if, uh, but on the same time, like, control gets slightly better, so control gets played more. Like, I've not played enough against Lotus, but I've been winning a lot against the Lotus decks with blue white. But I don't know if that's just like skill dependency on the players. Like, I haven't played any like real notable mm-hmm. players on Lotus. Um, it means that the Lotus players will probably have mm-hmm. to do a lot of work reconfiguring the deck and taking into account like what's going on. But like, yeah, I definitely think Lotus gets a big W from this. Like, um, and I think Control like Blue White makes life slightly easier. But again, there could be like another aggro deck like Mono Black or something or something new comes into the fray that you know makes all this redundant and we're back to where we usually are. Like, there's one or two good, very good aggro decks. Mm-hmm. Some good mid range, good control, and then you get the boogie, boogie uh, decks of the format like Lotus and like all the mm-hmm. other kind of standard decks that you'd expect to see. Um, but yeah, honestly, like it's really difficult to tell. Like the format's just been like smashed in the face. Like mm-hmm. we just need to see where, how, and where it it reformulates. What do you think, Kevin? How how will the other archetypes react to this change in the power balance? Yeah, it's really hard to determine. Every time I've thought, like, this is going to cause something to be too strong in Pioneer, the format always manages to balance itself. So we'll still see new things tried out. We'll see what can come out on top, and we'll see uh, what preys on those top decks afterwards. So we'll continue to see the format evolve, and okay. we'll continue to uh, yeah, I monitor think, like, it. One, I think. one deck we haven't really touched on that might actually come back, or like, yeah, maybe, maybe Nev, maybe Claudio... Yeah, you know, rubbing, rubbing his hands like I'm definitely curious. You know, it was always the kind of the mid range killer. Like whenever there was big red or big black or anything, Niv was kind of the biggest daddy on top of all of those because it could just out 
outcard advantage any of those mid-range decks. So if everyone shifts and tries to be a little bit more mid-range, yeah. maybe Niv will be the one to, yeah, to totally win forget about Niv. I think we'll have to decide. Um, I have one final bonus question, and I don't know if you guys have anything else you want to talk about. But my, my phone is, So we talked a lot about three drops today. So to keep with the theme of threes, I wanted to ask you, what are your three wishes for Pioneer now that Loris is gone? Like what, you, what do you want? You first, from the Kevin. Format? You first. Yikes. Uh, well, my first one's going to be Kethis back. It'll be terrible now. It's not even going to be a good deck, let alone a broken huh. deck, but I'd love to have it back um, yeah. just because it's my, my baby. Um, why don't you go ahead with one wish, and I'll keep thinking here. Um, uh, you want to go? Do you have an idea? Go ahead. Um, I want... I want... Uh... I want Wilderness Reclamation Unbanned. Yes, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, well, that's not happening. I don't happening. know, like, <laughs> a lot of enchantment hate in the format, like, just unban it. Oh, yeah, but so I know that this. Y- oh, yeah, Magma was interesting, yeah. No, I know you guys said that, uh, you know, it's, it's going to shake stuff up and it might balance itself out eventually, but I, I'd like to see more variety. You know, e- even though, you know, we, we saw, like, a lot of uh, different type of Luris decks in the top eights. Uh, I'd be happy to see uh, a balance, um, you know, between the, the, the different archetypes in the top eights from now on. You know, like, eight different decks in the top eight would be awesome. That's one of my wishes. Mine's similar. I think I would say that I'd like to see more aggro decks become viable. Um, it, maybe that's going to be tough, but I hope that that happens. And, and kind of a caveat on that is, or maybe maybe my third wish can be, something's got to take Winota down a peg. It can't be the only mm-hmm. aggro deck in the format, or I'm yeah. going to love Pioneer a little bit less. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's hard for me to say that. You have anything else, Martin, that you want yeah, to add to wish? My second wish is um, Ban Mystical Dispute. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I know. <laughs> so we're going to unban unban Wilderness Reclamation. Unban, or ban Mystical Dispute. Do you want to give you Uro 2 as long as we're at it? I think the card's miserable, right? Because it just makes, like... Like, there's a lot of things I want to try out, and I can't, because Mystical Dispute just absolutely destroys it. I really want to try and build, like, a four-color... I've been trying to build a four-color Hinata... But it, like the whole deck just falls to Mystical Dispute, and it's just like mm. decks like Phoenix having access to that card post board is miserable as well. Like it's just so efficient, and like can continue to play their game plan as normal. And yeah, Mystical Dispute ban because it will like it. It's kind of like when Teferi three got banned, where it was like, oh, this is good for control. Oh, but now we don't have access to Teferi. Oh, eh, cancels it out. You know? Yeah, I understand. Uh, my second wish is uh, more decision making. Uh, I want to see skill based play come back. As far as you know, like you said, when Noda is kind of like very linear, very kind of mindless as well. But you know, now that you know, we can't just like rush in to death with our aggro decks. We have to be, like I said, we have to be really careful how we attack um, or how we set up blockers or you know when do we use the combat trick. I'd love to see a return to that more skill based play. What's your last wish for you, Ryan? My last wish? Yeah, I think so. Um, I would say more effective answers, uh, more okay. hard answers for things. You know, things are gone, they're gone. All right, my last one can be, uh, let's get a Kahira deck. <laughs> let's get cats or something, just because uh, Laris is gone. Mm-hmm. 
but that's silly. Okay. All right. Um, I think that's going to probably wrap us up. So like we said, we're going to be keeping an eye on the format to see how this evolves with the Ban of Luris. And we're also going to be tweeting out some competitive news soon. Uh, make sure to also check out Playing Pioneer is dropping a lot of articles. Uh, as well as follow us on Twitter at MTG Pioneer to stay up to date with everything that's happening, especially with a couple of big tournaments coming up. Like if you're playing Pioneer at Indy or did you say Dallas also has a big Pioneer? Mm. Uh, yeah, it's like a that- Team Trios event. Team Trios, I'm pretty sure Pioneer is one of them. Is that Maybe. this weekend? I think you're talking about weekend. the Indianapolis Next one, weekend. Though. It's next weekend. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan? Uh, what, my uh, socials? Yes. Social oh, security number. <laughs> yes. uh, but yeah, you guys, uh, if you guys want to talk more about the bands, uh, you know, hop into the Discord. I'm very active in the First Pioneers Discord, but also you can just tweet at me at uh, Yo Japan Hobbyist on Twitter if you want. And Martin, how about you? Any socials, any uh, promotions? Yeah, yeah. As always, um, if you're interested, be shameless. Be <laughs> shameless shells, etc. Yeah, you can you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Harry Thirteen SEO, and um, also I'm part of a team Patreon, uh, Tag Team. You can follow that on uh, Twitter, Tag Team Nine. Feel free to support us. We we have um, we uh, produce articles, uh, deck guides. Uh, on a weekly basis of a variety of different formats um, but you've got some key pioneer players like myself and Claudio um, and yeah I offer pioneer coaching as well if that's something that people are interested in um, feel free to um, send me a DM on Twitter Kevin? Alright that's going to wrap up our show thank you guys for listening goodbye Luris and it's been nice knowing you uh, hopefully for everyone out there we are going to we are the first pioneers podcast and we will continue to be your go-to source for pioneer information online Until next time, we are dream denning out. All right.